0: Welcome to Coached Soul, a podcast for a better you. Your host, Steve Hudgens is a licensed professional counselor, and your co-host, Julia Canton, is a therapeutic coach. Together, they discuss various topics, providing a different perspective on life and insight that you are not alone. On a non-emergency basis, you may contact them at area code 918 280-8690 or CoachSoul.com to provide them with new topics, feedback, or to request an appearance on the show. And now, here's your host, Steve Hudgens.
1: Welcome back, and what a beautiful, gorgeous day today. And I don't know about you, Julia, but it's just uh, a, a bright, shiny day and I just, uh, I've got these 70s songs, Beatles, BGS going on my head about the sunshine. I don't know. Sometimes those things just pop in my head randomly. What do you think?
0: <laughs> I, think I think today is a gorgeous summer day. In fact, I'm sitting outside and oops, a helicopter just went by. They got neighbors that are mowing and I'm just loving this morning sunrise and the birds singing and um yeah it is a beautiful day to have a beautiful day <laughs> that's where i'm gonna take that one
1: you know sometimes we're on the mountaintop you know and we see all this beauty that surrounds us and then all of a sudden it's like life takes that sledgehammer and just bam like soar out of nowhere just bangs us upside the head and uh it, it takes a while to come to our senses and it, what do we do when life is so good and we hit a crisis and we would just want to shut down?
0: Mm, I love this topic. Well, first of all, I think that what I want to tell our listeners or what should we probably should share with them is the importance of finding a way to love ourselves while we're processing through the crisis. Um, oftentimes, Steve, and you're very aware of this, that when a crisis shows up, depending on the degree, some of, you know, if we forget our grocery list at the grocery store, you know, by the time we get to the grocery store, that might be a small little crisis if we didn't remember what was on the list. But we're going to easily transition through it. It's not going to, we're going to go, oh, okay, well, I'll just get what I need. But when it is a a death of a loved one, or it's a major loss of a job, where you've been there, you know, pretty much your entire life. Uh, a relationship that you have been in, in, um, those kinds of things, or it could be a health issue. These prices, they show up that are just a little bit, uh, they appear to be a little bit, maybe a whole lot bigger than um, a, a lost grocery list. And so how do we process that while we're continuing to love ourselves at the highest grade that we can so that we feel and ways that teach us to grow through the experiences versus shutting our lives down.
1: You know, that's a good point that you bring up, Julia. It's the fact that, you know, I don't think sometimes we're aware of doing body inventory. You know, it's it's gathering the facts of body inventory. Well, what do I mean by that? Does that mean I've got two hands, 10 toes, all those? No, that's not that kind of inventory. The inventory is noticing how your body feels. You know, sometimes uh, like this morning, I just woke up and it's like uh, I'm not really hungry, and so that's an inventory. Well, how do I feel? And at this point in time, it's because I'm I'm doing this fast and uh, I'm not really that hungry. Um, I, I will probably be later this evening because then I'll be kicking in about twenty four hours already. So it's getting awareness about your body and then checking in with your emotions. How do I feel? Do I feel sad or happy or angry? There's a mixed array of emotions when crisis hit. And that's that day's feeling I think sometimes we feel. But once we start checking in with ourselves, then we can be able to look at, okay, How do I feel? What do I need to do? Do I need to shut down? Do I need to go and talk to somebody? But the natural tendency, you look at the animal kingdom, and what do the animals do? They recluse. They pull back. They start looking the wounds, so to speak. And for humans, the natural tendency is to do that. The question is, do we give ourselves permission to do so?
0: well i think i think that there is a difference between the process of of withdrawing for a moment and experiencing everything that's showing up versus withdrawing and shutting down and so i think first they, uh, if if we're going to go through that process that we need to ask the question are we trying to hide uh, from the pain that we're experiencing in this crisis or are we trying to process those are two you know asking those questions is important because sometimes the pain can be so unbearable it in its expression, that we do want to just kind of go, I'm just going to go to sleep. And then the neck, you to take a nap, and then you're going to go to sleep for a few more hours. And then that you're for are just want to take naps all the time. And you're in this mode of, of potential depression and other, you know, uh, psychological crises going on. So you gave um, the perfect
1: for- example of flushing it out. And sometimes yeah. I don't think we're we want to flush things out. And so we tend mm-hmm. to avoid, oh my gosh, avoidant attachment disorder. See, <laughs> I think a lot of times the way we deal with crises is how we dealt with our attachment issues. So Very it kind of combines together of our attachment and there you know we did a bunch of series on attachment want to invite our listeners to go back and they are recorded and you can look at it at podcast.google.com for coach soul and you can see all the podcasts there but i do look at that attachment has a way or a style of how we approach the crisis at hand
0: well i i think that generally speaking that is an accurate statement, that our our attachment styles do tend to play a major part in how we process crises. But I would like to interject another idea, which is, despite whatever our attachment styles are, that during the crisis, if we can ask questions, different questions, uh, for instance, um, some of the work that Byron Katie does, I love her so much, because um, when When she actually has a set of about four or five questions that she invites um, the practitioner or participant in their own lives, their own crisis to ask themselves. Okay, And um, and when you go through this, you're it is. Is this a true statement? I I feel um, abandoned right now. Yeah, uh, out of this, let's just say a relationship, okay? Or I feel intense loss because uh, my spouse passed away recently. Um, are those? Is that a true statement? And and on the surface, most are probably. I would think that it'd be a typical, natural answer to say, "Yes, it's very true." I mean, why are you asking such a stupid question? You know, uh, but the uh, but the next question would be. Is it a, a, is it this or is it that? Do I feel abandonment or do I fear loss? Mm. Do I, am I afraid of losing some sense of my identity or am I grieving an absence? And all the, and the questions just keep breaking down and breaking down. When, in fact, the very first reaction or or uh, answer was, I feel abandonment. And, and it ended up being something completely different. But the words that came out were the only thing that the brain could identify as being true in that moment. But given different questions, then the answer becomes something quite different.
1: You know, it's difficult, though, sometimes to draw out these questions if we never dealt with these before uh in some cases some people they just uh it's the norm of shutting down or walking away and Mm -hmm. one of the things that too i want to bring out is if somebody is going through this process and tends to shut down we want to be able to be respectful of that person's space And Mm -hmm. a lot of times in dealing with couples, that spouse wants to go and say, hey, what's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? And a lot of times you're elevating or escalating the turmoil in that other person. And so by allowing that space, I can help that person to be able to process what's going on with them. Our natural tendency is we don't want to see people hurt. And so we want to be supportive, we want to be able to be there for them. And so that natural tendency is to push to say, okay, what's wrong? But a lot of times uh, we don't know what's wrong and it's difficult. And and Julia, I mean, for, for a female, it's even harder to process sometimes, I think for females, because although you may not know exactly pinpoint what's wrong, And sometimes the men want to come in and fix it because we see what's wrong. I'm I'm relating to Mm -hmm. a YouTube video called. It's not about the nail. And I really like it because she's sitting there. She's got a nail on her forehead. She's trying to explain to her husband and he'll say, well, you know, you have a nail. And she says, stop trying to fix it. And it's allowing her to process those thoughts and being able to get them out but I think that's the hardest part. Is when we're in this mode, it's hard to figure out our emotions because I relate it to being in the ocean and all these waves are crashing around us, and we just don't know how to get out of the situation. So when I think about being in this crisis mode, that we have to uh, be mindful, or we should be mindful. Of being able to Mm self-care and i believe self-care is very important uh you just got through working through some self-care yourself and in a (laughs) moment of crisis that you went to the mountains and everything i'm Uh fixing to do some self-care um i'm going on a cruise alone my first cruise ever and i'm going on a cruise alone what do you think about Somebody that, you know, the, the society is like you're going on a cruise alone. Really? <laughs> you know, what are your thoughts about somebody doing something that uh, drastic, I guess, in, in people's eyes about going on a cruise alone? What are your thoughts well, about self care?
0: Well, I think that number one, even remotely caring about what others think about how you, what an individual chooses to self care is. Um, that where we first get out of alignment with ourselves we're we're right. not even we're already out of the space that um, allows us to feel and monitor of what's going on inside of us okay so that's the, the first thing um, two understanding um, that self-care th- there is maintenance okay like going to get your nails done or your hair and that's girls we like doing that stuff um, guys do too, but, um, but that is a thing, but self-care really is about taking the time, uh, whether it's to go to a mountain for 30 days, like I did, or to go on a cruise by yourself. Sometimes it's going to a movie theater. You know, I have some, some friends that they'll just go take themselves to the movie or take themselves to dinner. Um, it's about, Getting alone with yourself and really intensely asking yourself, "What do I need to do today to meet my needs?" versus expecting someone else to do it for us. And um, I I love the the analogy of and you brought it up while ago and touched on it. Um, it's like being in the ocean and you're just being the crisis is just bombarding you with, you're out there on your, your you got the driftwood, and you're trying to hang on to it, and the waves are coming through, and they're knocking you around, and da, 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 da. Well, um, sometimes you want to swim. Sometimes you're going to go under, and you're going to think you're going to drown. Um, sometimes there is no fighting the wave that's coming through. The self-care comes in and just riding the wave floating along with it, going along with its groove, and being congruent with it versus trying to fight against it. And those moments are are the self-care. They're allowing us to tend to what is showing up. And for, um, and I'll touch on that what you said as well, that when our spouse or our significant other, or loving family member or friend or whatever, comes in and they want to go, they want to rush in and try to fix it, or they want to rush in and give advice about based on their experiences and things along those lines, that um, more often than not, it is a, let me let me take that out of the dialogue there. It is important to respect the space of the individual that's in the crisis uh, that they need And especially, like you said, they may not know how to define what's going on inside themselves and they need time to process that. So just sending a simple text or um, I love you. I can see that something is going on. When you are ready to speak about it, if you need me to listen, I'm there. If you want me to contribute in conversation, I'm there. Otherwise, just know I am here when you're ready. And then that way there's no judgment, there's no interpretation, there's no expectations. It's just an awareness space that if they want to take advantage of that to help them do their self-care, they have it. And and so um, a lot of times it is that self-care is riding the wave. And it looks different though for every individual.
1: Totally yeah. agree. You know, it it's it's um uh, giving yourself some space too, and not having to feel like, oh my gosh, I got to do this, I got to do this, and and feel overwhelmed that you're feeling compelled that you have to continue to do something. I think about sometimes when that crisis hit, it's like like the egg experience uh, in in science, you have this egg strapped to this car and you push the car and all of a sudden the car comes to a stop, but the egg continues to hit forward. And sometimes I feel like I'm that egg and I just go splat. So it's like, (laughs) what do you do? You know, it's Humpty Dumpty. Let's put everybody back together again. And it's gathering these emotions and things. And so for me... Uh, Self-care is, although I'm not in a crisis mode, although, you know, relationships can be tough. One of the things that I wanted to do about this cruise is to do something that I've never done before, to push Mm -hmm. myself out of a comfort zone,
0: to have a different
1: kind of experience. And I've never been on a cruise I've been in all kinds of planes. I've been in all kinds of trains. Now it's like I got that movie going in my head. Now planes, trains, and automobiles, which on candy, you know, it's uh, it's that episode of all the crisis that hit them too, and it's how do you deal with it? And a lot of it has to do with the attitude. So I'm going into the attitude with the crews that I'm just going to soak in the experience. Even though it might be, I don't know, sometimes it it gets a little stressful because you got to catch this plane, you got to make sure your baggage is there. But I'm gonna alleviate some of my stress by carrying my baggage on. And I'm gonna have it a carry on. Well, stress is like a baggage. How are you packing your bag? How are you going to unpack your bag? And so the cruise to Alaska, I'm looking forward to because part of my, one of the excursions I'm going to go on is an ATV excursion where the, the driver, you know, if I'm sitting there and I'm driving up, the passenger just takes turns and drives it back down again. And just the majestic beauty that I've seen on uh, YouTube videos of this excursion is going to be phenomenal. And it's that self-care, it's that rejuvenation that you need for your soul. Mm-hmm. So I like how you differentiate it because in some of my counseling sessions, I, I encourage people to go and do some self-care and they're saying, well, I get my nails done, I get my hair done, that's maintenance. And you're so mm-hmm. right about that. Thank you for sharing that, that it's maintenance, <laughs> there's a differentiation between maintenance and self-care.
0: Yes. Yeah. And it took me, by the way, I found that, discovered that out on the mountain uh, because I would have argued pri- 30 days prior to this conversation, I would have argued that going to go get my nails was self care. And um, I had to come to the conclusion that there is a, in fact, I would have argued with it until I, I bled out. I mean, that's how convinced I was that that was self care. But that was because I did not yet understand. How to self-love in oh. a different way, and um, and and another example of that because out on the mountain, my food changed, and I realized that I be, had become addicted. And it, we, there actually, addictions are, and we are addicted to a lot of things, and we don't even realize that we are addicted to it. Mine was using food to um to compensate. Hmm. And the thing was is that I was eating fairly healthy. I was eating uh in fact I say it's probably eat healthier than the most people that I know. Um but I it was the relationship with the food that mattered. It was the excuses I would use, oh, I can go and have, you know this coffee with a ton of creamer in it today, and then tomorrow I might have um, this vegan chocolate, you know, dessert and and then I might, you know, whatever it was because I would justify that as being self care. What I learned, was that none of that has to do with le- learning to love who I am. And and I, at this moment, do not yet have the words to express or tell somebody how to do that. But my relationship with, with food has changed now um, because I ask myself, you know, when I'm sitting um, in front of a an amazing-looking dessert or... Um, or I'm thinking about going to go do my nails, okay? My nails, I, they stay beautiful for the most part, but that is a maintenance thing. Uh, but it's not how I say I love you to me. Um, eating that chocolate cake, I'm not saying don't ever eat this beautiful chocolate dessert. What I do ask myself is, is in this moment, am I showing myself the highest love and vibration that I can give me right now? Now, some would argue that eating the chocolate is self-care if they're in the Mm -hmm. middle of a crisis, okay? But what it actually is is the compensation to avoid the pain. And so whether they realize it or not, they are choosing to injure self because that injury is a lot lighter than feeling the pain that they're trying to avoid. And, And so if it comes to, for me, if I look at that cake, and I go, oh, I would love to have some of that. Um, and I and I and I've done other things to say I love you. Then I might take a bite. Otherwise, I look at it and I just say I, I appreciate the offer, but I'm choosing to say I love you to myself in a different way in this moment. And that is self-care. That is the ultimate self-care. When we look at ourselves and we look at the world around us, how are we using the world to demonstrate our highest level of love for who we are? And, uh, and I want to go into a different topic on that because oftentimes we pull others into trying to negotiate, navigate, and fill the gaps of, where, of love that we, and we expectations that they will do it for us, that we have not yet learned to do for ourselves. So I know that was a whole bucket of stuff there, but.
1: That's okay. We can pour the bucket out, or I don't want to kick the bucket that gives another (laughs) connotation. It's, it's, it it may be a bucket full, but we can break these things down for our listeners too. And understanding the importance that it's about self-awareness, being able to take the body inventory, being able to take an emotional inventory, pulling these things together, and it's not all is lost. Uh, It may seem like the Titanic is sinking, but at the same time, what steps are we doing in our attitude in facing the things that we're facing? And, you know, you shared with me off mic is that You know you look at the sunshine and you just take it in and it's having this positive attitude waking up and i i believe that's where we need to go is the uh having the attitude of being thankful thankful where we are today thankful for uh what we have encountered the things that we do go through although as harsh it may be uh it is a blessing in disguise sometimes, you know, like, okay, Steve, are you gotten for a punishment? No, I'm not. I just look at some of the things that I've been through has made me become a better person because I've allowed it. And if we allow mm-hmm. these things to happen, it, we get through our valleys a lot quicker, but it's very important for us to be mindful about ourselves and not causing self-injury whether it's chocolate shake uh, chocolate shake, or a chocolate cake, uh, you know, anything chocolate is good. Uh, it's, it's, it's a challenge for us to be able to understand the importance. And I think that's a good segue into another podcast about yeah. dealing with how do we pull people in, but more of dealing with feelings of guilt. Uh, We really haven't addressed feelings of guilt. And what does that do to our system? What does that do to our body? What does that do to other people and our attitude? So we're out of time. Julia, thank you so much again for sharing your experience on the mountain. And I'm ready to go on to another mountaintop in Alaska here soon. So uh, looking forward to it. Until then, be safe and have fun. Thanks for joining us today. We hope to have you back next week.
0: Until then, be safe and be kind.